You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to reu hotels and resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also make you feel totally in control? Enter Conair Girlbomb. They're like your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results. Made just for us. From the ultimate girl bomb grip to the professional grade blades, say goodbye to settling for less. With Conair Girl Bomb, you get the precision and power that used to only be exclusive to men's tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at Walgreens. Double Elvis. In the beginning, there was light, then there was food, then there was sex. And I'm not absolutely sure of the order of those two. It's hard to distinguish arousal via carbon dating. But I'm certain that after that, there was music. And those are the fundamentals. Shelter gets figured out after we eat and dance and get it on. Now that's just science. In 2014, Victoria's Deakin University, as part of the 31st survey of the Australian Unity Wellbeing Index, sought to provide insight into the relationship between music engagement and SWB. You know, SWB. It's the one thing we're all after. Subjective well-being. And so a random sample of a thousand participants revealed that engaging with music by dancing or attending musical events was associated with higher SWB than those who engaged with music in other ways. The findings also emphasized the important role of engaging with music in the company of others with regard to some good old SWB. Everyone reported higher levels of satisfaction with their lives. So thank you, science. We knew this already, but... It's important to emphasize the fundamentals. Get in line now. Stay in time with the rhythm and the rhyme. Get around town where the people look good, where the music is loud. Get around town. No need to stand proud. Add your voice to the sound of the crowd. The Human League. So this whole podcast was conceived in 2019. We were about to head out and travel around telling the stories of these cities and the temples within them in this legacy of live music in America. What it felt like, what it sounded like. And then something happened, something that made the two elements, travel and live music and communal gathering, just disappear overnight. So it's amazing now to be at the end of this first season. There were moments when I didn't think it would happen. But here we are. There's concerts every night of the week around America. 
And along with that is a never-ending cascade of TV shows, movies, 60,000 songs come out a day. There's no shortage of podcasts, and my handheld computer keeps giving me plenty of thumb exercises, even when I know it's not good for me. And as far as breaking news goes, I don't know that news will ever be mended again. It is permanently shattered with tragic and euphoric alerts for every waking second. That's a lot of content. That's the tyranny of content. But it's impossible to keep up with it all, to let it all in and actually live a life of your own at the same time. And you know, keep a check on that good old SWB. And on top of that, we've all been through a lot and we're going through a lot. Our individual and collective anxiety, stress, and sadness, it's at a sustained peak that can't be wished away. And even if we get good at ignoring it, it still tugs at the strings. And I'm not being morose, I'm just being honest. I've played about 160 shows since spring of 2021. And I've just been listening to what everyone has to say while I'm out there. The thing is, when we're all out there, oiled up with some live music, there is a higher SWB, and all that other shit starts to fade away. I feel it on stage, and I felt it in the audience this year when I've seen shows by... Tangier's Blues Band, Paul McCartney, Letters to Cleo, Kay Hanley, Pearl Jam, Rhett Miller, Bob Dylan, The Loyal Seas, Willie Nile, Joe Grishek, Wet Leg, Wilco, Sleater Kinney, Latrell James, Metallica, Tori Tori, Avril Lavigne, Julie Rhodes, Black Puma, Samantha Farrell, Sharon Van, at Lady Pills, Wright, Joe P, Bruno Mars, and Mavis Staples. The actual dollar price of being on the road right now, at a time when everyone is out there trying to get their groove back and their mojo on and make up for that feeling of lost time, that's taxing on a lot of artists. Never mind that tyranny of content always creeping in on our subjective well-being. But this season of Sound of Our Town exists not as another drop into that content abyss, but as a reminder of what is out there and has always been out there for all of us and why burnt-out artists are forever drawn back to you and us. We're all just trying to tap into that original and fundamental law of being alive. So to wrap up this season, I'm going to talk to my friends, Rhett Miller, Oompa, and Busy Phillips, about live music, the places we visited this season, and our pursuit of SWB. Sound of Our Town is a podcast about the music that shaped the cities of America. It's about where you're going and where you want to go to find, hear, and feel the best music happening right now. It's about what sounds and places have shaped a city's culture and what new sounds continue to define it. Most importantly, it's about getting together in a room to listen and why that matters. So whether you were quickly dropping in, landing for a long stay, or longing for more musical connection in life, in each episode of Sound of Our Town, I will introduce you to the real places and sonic stories echoing in a particular town so that your travel and your time is enriched with music. I'm Will Daly. I'm an independent songwriter and performer. And this is our very special wrap-up episode of Season 1. It's a recap. It's a party. I'm going to share my bloopers from trying to speak English this season. And I'm talking to a few friends about live music and the places they love.
I had the real honor of sitting down with three friends, one who's a brilliant actress, writer, and activist by way of Phoenix, Arizona, Los Angeles, and New York City, one who is a powerful and relentless poet and musician by way of Boston, and one who is the epitome of troubadour, rocker, and dedicated songwriter by way of Texas and upstate New York. And I got to ask them a bunch of questions about the sound of their town. I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm Oompa, and I'm an artist. Uh, my name is Busy Phillips. I am an actor and a writer and a person. Hi, I'm Rhett Miller, musician, author, and podcast host. What was the first concert you ever went to? The first concert that I went to, I want to say it was John Legend in college when I was on my 21st birthday, and he sang Happy Birthday to me. Yeah, I think that was my first concert ever. <laughs> yeah. I went to Julian at Hatfield three at a small club. That was the first concert I chose to go to. My big sister took me. I was in seventh or eighth grade. My first concert that I really think of as a concert was the Cars at Reunion Arena in Dallas, Texas. Wang Chung opened the show. The Cars were on their Heartbeat City tour and they had that crazy stage set up, which supposedly was... The, Andy Warhol had some input on. It was an incredible show. The first concert I actually went to with my family was Paul McCartney Wings at like ASU Stadium. And we were in literally like the highest point in the stadium that you could be. But I was very little. I just remember like feeling I did not know enough of the songs. I was really like when the Beatles hits came out, I like was on board. And the rest of the time I felt kind of cold and sleepy. I think that the Juliana Hatfield show really began my like going to see live music thing. The first show that my parents dragged me to, which wound up actually being pretty transformative in itself, was a Kingston Trio show at a dinner theater. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I feel so sad for these old men having to play while people eat their steak. And later now, I, I make a living going around playing in what is essentially a dinner theater circuit. And people eat their uh, high-end chicken fried steak. And those guys probably then were 20 years younger than I am now. So it's all perspective. And what was the last concert that you went to? The last concert I went to, I believe, was Jasmine Sullivan. Incredible, incredible show. Just vocals, energy. She had just, like, got off of COVID. And, um... She was like feeling insecure, like she has a bunch of body changes at the time, but she gave such an amazing performance. Like I went with my best friend, cause she and I love R&B, but especially Jasmine Sullivan and this last album, like we play it nonstop. So we could, I guess we couldn't even assess the quality of performance, although I know it was good and vocally she's incredible, but we were just singing every song, old songs, new songs, anything she put out, like under whatever it was, like at the top of our lungs, so. You didn't. You couldn't go anywhere in that space and not hear people screaming the songs. I went to see the Killers on Saturday night with my friends from LA who came in town, who are friends with those guys. Um, but I ended up having to leave early because my own child, my 14-year-old, was seeing Muna at Irving Plaza, and Birdie was with some older friends that were supposed to like Uber Birdie back to our house after the show but then they had to catch their train to their house and then their mom was mad so 
Birdie called me. I was at the stadium. I was at, at Madison Square Garden and Birdie called me and was like, they can't Uber me home. I don't know what to do. And I was like, I'll come. I'm coming to get you. So I took a train, <laughs> ran over and got my kid at Muna, which is so cute and amazing. And then I found out that Porches was also playing that night. I was like, what a great night for music. The last concert I attended as an audience member was, boy, I can't even remember. <laughs> um, there must have been something really recently. I feel like I see the Pixies about once a year. I was supposed to go see the Pixies in New York City uh, tomorrow night, and I just couldn't do it because I've only been home from my own tour for 24 hours, and I only have 24 hours before I leave on another tour. And to drive into Manhattan to see a, a rock show was too much. My next concert that I look forward to going to, I don't have any concerts lined up, but when Beyonce tours Renaissance, it's over. I will sell a, a limb to, to make sure that I'm close and I get to have that concert experience. I don't know for sure if I will be at another concert before whenever Taylor Swift uh, <laughs> throws tickets on sale, but I've promised my daughter that when Taylor Swift next announces a tour, we will be front and center for that. I was bummed I missed Lizzo the other night, but I did see Lizzo at the Palladium right before the album came out, which was like a really, the energy was like insane because it was very clear what was about to happen to her. She was like just on the precipice of being the biggest star in the world. Um, I love Brighton Music Hall because it's where I saw Lizzo the year before she popped. So whenever I'm in Brighton Music Hall, and it, was, it wasn't even full, it was 2017, and it wasn't full. Like she was still touring Coconut Oil, like the mixtape, or the, I don't know if it was an EP or not, but the next year she blew up. And I just was like, okay, this is how it can happen. Like, I could be on this stage with a DJ and three dancers today, and I could be Truth Hurts Lizzo tomorrow. What is a music town? Any town can be a music town. And to me, towns go through cycles. Uh, and I think this is with regards to how that town maybe perceives or appreciates my own music. For years, Milwaukee was a town that just had to be the night after Madison. You know, like, oh, God, here comes Milwaukee. And then for you know the last decade, Milwaukee has been this shining jewel on the itinerary. Um, but then most recently we went through Milwaukee and played on a Sunday night at a, at a club that apparently isn't as well attended as some clubs. And, and, and the, the attendance went down. And it made me wonder, oh no, is Milwaukee slipping? Is Milwaukee not going to be? Is Milwaukee no longer the music town it once was? Whereas before, Madison had been in a bit of a slump for us recently. And we had all sort of decided... Well, maybe we're no longer, since we're no, so far now from being a college band, maybe college towns aren't as, um, you know, rewarding for us to, to roll through. But then we go to Madison, and we played at the Majestic in Madison, and it was incredible. And I thought, well, here we go. I, I guess we're a college town band again. So it's, it's to me, it's like sine waves. It's cycles. I don't know. Like, I've never been to, like, Nashville or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what that is, like where musicians go to make music. I mean, to me, I've always sought out the shows coming through town. So even when I was growing up in Arizona, I felt like I saw every band I wanted to see. You had to really be on it. I mean, you had back then there was no, obviously, internet. You had to get that, you know, the Phoenix New Times every Friday. 
and dig through it and find what shows you were going to go to. If I had to think of the town that is consistently a music town, and it's a cliche, but Austin will never not be a music town. Chicago will never not be a music town. A music town to me is one that varies in sound and genre and feel and it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be a place that's known for music. It just has to be a place you can go to and find new music and or find a community that you belong, that you could belong to. Yeah, that's centered in music in some way. Um, and I, you know I'm biased, so I have to say Boston is is a is a music town, and not because of reputation in terms of like having a lot of industry, you know, sort of. I don't want to say history because that's not true, but we're not known as the city that breaks artists into the mainstream, and I think that's okay. N not that th there aren't aspirations there, but I think that what makes it a music town is that is exactly what I said. You can go any corner of Boston and you're going to find something that belongs to you, you know, something that you belong to rather. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from The Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. Do you have a favorite venue or club? 
it may be recency bias, but uh, Chicago's Thalia Hall is built in 1892, is probably my favorite venue at the moment. Although historically my favorite venue has been the Fillmore in San Francisco. It's a historical document, this venue. It's just, you sit in the dressing room there and you think about all the other artists that have sat in that exact dressing room and done God knows what in that exact dressing room and then gone down onto that stage to perform under those chandeliers. And yeah, the Fillmore is, the Fillmore... San Francisco is pretty hard to beat, but Chicago's Thalia Hall is getting ever closer year after year. Um, I like different venues for different reasons. So, um, rest in peace, Grace Scott. I really loved Grace Scott as a venue because it was where I did my first show. Um, my first, you know, self, like my first headliner show for myself, indie show, and it sold out. And so I have that fond memory there. I really like the Palladium. I like the Fonda a lot. And the Dresden, Marty and Elaine. And someone's got to take that torch. It's a very specific torch to take. Yeah. You and I could do it when we get older. I mean, we should, maybe. Maybe that's what we should do. Over the years, I've gotten to play the most historic New York City venues, Radio City and Carnegie Hall, um, as an opener at Radio City for Tori Amos years ago. Carnegie Hall, I played as part of a tribute to R.E.M., so I've been on the stage at both of those venues. Um, ditto the Ryman uh, in Nashville, but again, I was opening for Chris Isaac there. I've never gotten to do a proper show, a headlining show at those historic venues. The Ryman, Carnegie, and Radio City, to me, are they're sort of the pinnacle of performing arts venues. You know, they're they're. They're as classic as classic gets. And so to get to go do a proper show on any or all of those three stages would really be a, a high watermark for me. I, I, there's still things to aspire to. Jeez, oh, playing, it has to be the, the garden. It has to be TD Garden, Madison Square Garden, the gardens. It has to be the gardens. <laughs> those are what I dream of playing. I love seeing bands at the Greek theater in Los Angeles and the Hollywood Bowl. Like, there's something really magical about that. Now, I've never been to Red Rocks, so I would like, that's a that's on the list. I would love to go see someone at, play at Red Rocks. To look out across, you know, um, Kane's Ballroom in Tulsa and see an audience doing what they've been doing on those floorboards, you know, for a hundred years is just such an incredible feeling. And to think that Bob Wills was doing basically what I'm doing here. And every time we go through, we try to play our cover of uh, Miss Molly, which was an old great song that Bob Wills used to do. And it just feels like the thing that music always does for me. You feel like you're part of a continuum. You know, you're carrying on a tradition that goes back to, you know, the campfires of the cavemen. And it just feels, it makes me feel really good. Like there is a certain nobility in this frivolous seeming thing we do. best concert I've ever seen. I got to say that Madison Square Garden Pearl Jam show that we went to a couple weeks ago was amazing. And then on par with that was um, David Byrne and the Arcade Fire at the Hollywood Bowl in 2004, 2005. It was spectacular. One of the best, most magical evenings of my life, truly from start to finish. And they had, David Byrne had this marching band from San Francisco, uh, this queer marching band 
from San Francisco that came on with him. And it was just like they marched around the pit. I just love David Byrne. He's just like, he's everything to me. I got to see Prince at the Roosevelt Hotel back in the day. Prince played a a show. He was doing for a minute in the ballroom. It was like, yeah, like 600 people. I was standing next to Justin Timberlake, like watching Prince. It started at midnight. You know what I mean? It was like, it was like a secret, intense, like you got to be down to, you're going to be there till three in the morning, but you're, you know what I mean? But you're going to see Prince. That was the only time I've seen Prince. It was the only time I saw him. It was pretty spectacular. I love Portland. It's like it's like a little. I don't. It's it, you know. Every time I'm there, I find something new. Like there's a boutique sneaker store. There's a spot that everybody loves to go to for their pizza. There's you know like these cool DIY venues. Everybody sort of. It's like it's like what where Boston is. If Boston wasn't such a a larger space. It's what it's. I think mentally, what Boston wants to be or tries to identify as, that's what Portland is. But because it's so small, it gets to be that. In Atlanta, the old ninety-seven started off at a place called I think the Little Five Points, and we were in just a bar that I'm not even one hundred percent sure is still there. But we we've climbed our way up in Atlanta now. Um, we were playing for a while at the Variety Playhouse, which is a pretty cool room. It's in, it's almost too cool. You feel like you're on some sort of a Broadway stage. But in Atlanta, we have landed now at a place called Terminal West, which is an old train station. And there couldn't be any more perfect venue for my band that's named after a train wreck than an old train station. And it's just such a great place for the old 97s to put on a show. And every time we go there, we have a great show. And the Atlanta crowd... There's something about being squished between the two haughty coasts, you know, the coasts that are overwhelmed by the industry and the the jaded fans who've got everybody, you know, booking every single night they could go out to see any incredible show. But you go to those the cities in between, especially the big ones like Atlanta and Chicago. In Atlanta, they're so grateful when you roll up with a big kick-ass rock show and the old 97s go into Terminal West, you know, the old train station and uh it's just it winds up being such a great show every night i love atlanta i love atlanta and i gotta do my my um hustler push-ups to really do well in in atlanta i love it because hip-hop is prominent self-reliant again like you can you can if you can think it you could do it in atlanta the hustle is crazy like you know like people and like I think about up up north, like New York, right? You think about the the ingenuity of people up there. Like if they could think it, they will sell it, right? But then there's this sort of like this vibe of like it can't be quality, right? But like you can be in Atlanta and you say, I'm gonna sell eyelashes. You know, mm-hmm. like glue on eyelashes. And there's whole businesses that you know, you wanna you wanna do like a sushi soul restaurant. You're going to find clientele, right. you know, like you want to have a trap museum. Shout out to Two Chains. You're going to have a trap museum, you know, and I love that. All right. And what about those extra spots? Like what about food and, you know, hidden gems? There's a restaurant connected to Thalia Hall in Chicago called Duzex. Oh, my God. It's, it's uh, when we're on a bus and we roll up to Thalia Hall, I typically 
am trying to make it into Duzix before they stop serving their brunch, which is incredible. But now uh, the backstage menu in the dressing room at Italia Hall is from Duzix. And so we were there a few nights ago and I had a trout. Um, I had this this um, crazy avocado salad. I mean, it was it was just so great. Anytime you can give me a venue that's got a great restaurant attached to it, I'm a happy rock and roller. Atlanta had my favorite kind of spot. It inspired like I think it's called Boogaloo or something like that. And it like it's like a brunch spot. They have a DJ and they have swings at the bar. So like you come in and you're sitting on a swing at the bar with your breakfast, like your brunch drinks. And then they have it like, so sometimes they have it like buffet style and you can get all this Southern food. Like if you're into sweets, I'm not like red velvet cake, like whatever else. I think it's called Boogaloo, which I didn't even know was a word, I think until I, I learned that it was um, uh, dance related. So there's a guitar store in Asbury Park that's walking distance from the strip where Stone Pony and Wonder Bar and all the, the boardwalk and everything is. It's called Russo Music and it's it's like a it's like a guitar lover's guitar store. And I bought a twelve string acoustic there and I go there and drool over their inventory every time I'm in town and the people that work there are super nice. Everybody's in a band. Um, I was turned on to it by Nicole Atkins, who's an Asbury native and a Jersey Beach girl. But it's it's not something I would expect. Usually I would think I'd find a guitar store, you know, in Manhattan. And certainly there are any number of guitar stores in Manhattan. But uh, down in Asbury Park, that's where I found one of my favorite little guitar stores. So in the L.A. episode, I, I recap kind of my experiences there over the years. And I had you, I had you in the scene, in the script, so to speak. But I had you kind of crying. And I want to make sure I didn't make that up. I kind of, but I kind of feel like there's more than one show where I've seen you crying. And I want to make sure I'm not doing something wrong. Oh, I've cried at your shows for sure. For sure. I also just get like, sometimes I get really overwhelmed. You know, Ed Drosy of the former band Grizzly Bear is a really close friend of mine. He's one of his last shows. One of the Grizzly Bears like last shows was in Portland, Maine. And it was when we were on the East Coast doing that movie in, in Boston. And so we went up for the show and I was like totally overwhelmed by his talent. You forget, like, that's what I feel like sometimes when I see you. Um, it's certainly like, that's like kind of the emotion behind it is that to me, it's a thing that I've always, I don't know, music has like changed my life in so many ways and has connected me to people and feelings and ideas that I wouldn't have probably been connected to otherwise. And when I'm friends with someone in real life, I who's a musician, you know, you have a tendency just in hanging out to forget about the magic that they can do because it's really like such a magic trick. And so then when you see a friend like you or Ed or Sarah Bareilles do the thing, do the magic trick for everybody, it's like kind of takes my breath away and really I find it like deep. Oh, no, I'm going to cry. Like I find it deeply, deeply moving. Um, and then I just feel so grateful that like, I get to be friends with that person <laughs> who can do this like magic trick that not that many people can do, you know? 
Rhett Miller has a stunning new record out. It's called The Misfit. He's got a podcast called Wheels Off with Rhett Miller. He'll always be making music and out on the road, and we're all better for it. Oompa, the poet, the artist, the musician, you can find on all streaming platforms. You just gotta type O-O-M-P-A, and you'll get where you need to go. And every show she puts on feels like her first and her last, and like it's to the whole world at the same time. Busy Phillips stars in Girls 5 Eva, and she has a podcast called Busy Phillips is Doing Her Best. And on top of that, she's one of the bravest activists that I know. And in about 25 years, you can find her at the Dresden, Monday through Thursday. And one more thing. That study specifically found that the communal aspect was the most important part as regularly listening to music alone did not cause the same effect on social well-being. And there was another study, actually funded by a large corporate concert conglomerate, that found that attending a live music event every 14 days or so added nine years to your life. You could have paid me the money to tell you that because I'm 97 and a half. If you've been listening to the first glorious season of Sound of Our Town, then you already know this. I've tried to keep all these episodes shorter than a 40-minute set of music. We can't be a podcast about celebrating the act of being together with live music, this ancient and scientifically sound practice, and have it last longer than a set at the hideout in Chicago on a Thursday night. So I've thrown a lot at you, but it will always be here to revisit when you are heading someplace new or even vaguely familiar. I do have a checklist to leave you with for those bi-weekly, at minimum, live music pursuits, with some parameters to develop our social skills after such a harrowing and challenging past three or four years, or three or four centuries even. So, with your bi-weekly concerts, make sure that once a year, one you go to with just one friend. One is with a friend you haven't seen in over a year. One is with a large group of people, say six plus. One is for an act you don't know at all. One should be for a legacy artist. One should be for an act in their first year of performing. One sit-down show, maybe with dinner so that you are fulfilling two of those ancient fundamentals at the same time. That could be an exciting night. One show where you have to wear earplugs because it is so deafeningly heavy that a small dose of fear is present. One festival of any size. One alternative venue like a museum, a street corner, or a four-piece on a rooftop playing their final show. One house-type concert of any size, BYOB. It often doesn't get more intimate. And then... One show by yourself, in a room of strangers, all tending to their subjective well-being. I'm Will Daly, and this is Sound of Our Town. Well, we did it. We have completed season one, and it has been quite a tour. But that means there's one job left to do, and I need your help doing it so that we can get back on the road for season two of Sound of Our Town. I need your help. Follow this show on your favorite podcast listening station, leave a review on Apple, and just share it with one friend who you think needs this show in their life. That's it. And then we will surely have a season two. And when we do, and you want us to cover your town, you just let me know by hitting me up on Instagram at WillDailyOfficial or on Twitter at WillDaily. Sound of Our Town is a production of Double Elvis and iHeartRadio. You can hit us up on IG at Double Elvis and Twitter at Double Elvis FM. I can't tell you how much appreciation is felt by the messages we've received so far for this season. 
Sound of Our Town is executively produced by Jake Brennan, Brady Sadler, and Carly Carioli for Double Elvis. Production assistance by the great Matt Bowden. The show is created, written, hosted, and scored by me, Will Daly. A giant thank you to my guests today, Busy Phillips, Rhett Miller, and Oompa. And to everyone who worked on this season, Samantha Farrell, Caitlin White, Ed Jurdy, Frida Lovesmith, Gerald Dowd, Alan Tebow, Sam Feifel, and Patrick Coleman. Music for this episode was composed and performed by me, Will Daly. You can check out my music anywhere there's music streaming. You can also follow me at Instagram at WillDalyOfficial. If you like the sounds you hear in the show, check out my latest release, Easy to Be Around, and all my shows are at WillDaly.com and soundofourtownpod.com. I guess I'm no longer a podcast rookie as soon as I stop recording this, but as promised, I will leave you with just a couple of bloopers, the most appropriate ones from this season that I saved. Thank you so much for joining me on this tour, this season, in these cities, in these places. I'm grateful. Thank you for your ears. It features some of the best songwriters from the Phoenix Music... <laughs> we can't be a pod pass... If it's a place... If it's a place... <laughs> Maybe you'd say dive. It's certainly relaxed. God damn it. Los Angeles doesn't tower over you like New York or Chicago. Los Angeles... <laughs> Chicago. I do think it's, it is though. It's true. It's like the music is, you know, as Madonna said, music brings the people together. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to reuse hotels and resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com.